the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the heart of innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb. With new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org, in partnership with Abbott. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. We have a really special show this week because I'm excited to participate for the very first time in the African-American Wellness Association's uh, walk, this one in Los Angeles. They have many events across the United States throughout the year. I got involved because Johnson & Johnson, well, actually Janssen, a version of Johnson & Johnson, they have a, um, a Save Legs, Change Lives program to help raise awareness for peripheral artery disease, which is those blocked arteries and mainly the leg arteries. And they bring their empowered van out to these walks across the country throughout the year, and they offer free testing. And the way to my heart, my nonprofit got involved in helping those patients who test positive to, you know, learn more about PAD, get help from their doctor, get the resources they need, get some copay relief in case they need that, transportation between appointments, whatever they need to facilitate their care, we're here for them. And I'm excited to bring in the director of the LA Walk. We have Jake Barnes, who's here with us, and he's going to be sharing how he got involved in this association, why he's passionate about it, and what we can expect from this event and others as we bring in 2024. But first, a big hello to my co-host, Dr. John Phillips. Hello, Kim. Oh, and I love your Save My Piggies mug that you have there. Very festive. (laughs) All right. Yeah, no, I uh, it's it's really ironic today that we're we're having this conversation because, as I shared with you before we went on air, I had two representatives from Jansen in my office this morning asking me how they can help us with, among other things, patient advocacy, raising awareness, and uh, kind of divorcing themselves a little bit from, hey, we're pushing pharmaceuticals to how can I help you and your patients get access to X, Y, and Z. And I do know that, as you had mentioned, Johnson Johnson, Janssen, they do sponsor uh, some of the screening and stuff for the, for this walk. So uh, it's a it's, it's kind of ironic, actually, that we're having this conversation. Yeah, you know, I've loved their team. And what's um, amazing is I've worked with Jillian Stevens and Richard Brown. He's their lead cardiologist and, um, you know, quite a few others, Sean Middlestadt, within the organization. And at their core, they're truly, truly passionate about 
saving legs and changing lives. It's it's not just a campaign. It's it's truly a culture um, for this organization. And I feel like I'm blessed to actually be aligned um, with with their campaign. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it's great. I mean, pharma gets a bad rap a lot of times. Their drugs. Yeah. The drugs are expensive. And I and I told that to them today. I said, it's nice to have a conversation about y'all wanting to help us out as opposed to <laughs> jacking up the prices of, of drugs. And that's a whole different story. But I, I truly, to your point, I think that they they want to help. And it and it, they cross the boundary of, yeah, we provide a medication that might help folks with with peripheral arterial disease and coronary artery disease to, hey, let's let's try to touch people that are in at risk populations. And in fact, I think they are working on a heat map for yes. African Americans in particular and yep. amputation rates. I mean, it's it's pretty staggering when you see this. And even in like our own backyard, the the dis, the disparate nature between how you know non African Americans and African Americans and the amputation rates is is pretty. It's it's embarrassing, frankly, and staggering. Oh, it, it is incredibly embarrassing. And I got to play with their heat map in Las Vegas just last week at one of the vascular conferences at Viva. And it is truly magnificent. The investment of time and finances to put that together, you can go clear down to the neighborhoods and see which neighborhoods are actually at highest risk of amputation and that are getting the most amputations. So, I mean, I think it's going to do a lot of good. I mean, I just wanted to sit there the entire conference and just write down and take notes on these different neighborhoods so that we can show up there and let everyone know that there are options available. And I have a little announcement to make just today um, as the way to my heart is restructuring. One of our patients that we featured recently, Charles Winters, has agreed to be chairman of our diversity and equity and inclusion PAD warrior task force. And because he's been played an integral role in helping us um, to, you know, word our brochures so that they can reach different cultures and different communities and really speak to them and have an impact. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I know there's a lot of restructuring going on. So uh, (laughs) it's good. Get ready to get your hands dirty and work really, really hard. (laughs) That's right. right. My hands were pretty dirty today. So I was in the cath lab all day. So I'll, I'll share, I'll share a little insight into that once. uh, If, if, if master Mike gets me a, a, a moment of inspiration. Dr. John Phillips, spectacular vascular moment of inspiration. Oh, so okay, <laughs> perfect. Uh, the clap seems to be new. Um, that's awesome. All right, uh, I was I was toying between two quotes today, and um, it. So I, I had a my first case this morning was a little bit. Com- I knew it was going to be complicated, and you know I was perseverating it over it last night. And uh, like most things, there's this kind of theory of analysis or paralysis by analysis. And I, I think I wasn't paralyzed because the case went really well. But it, it, so I found this quote from Dale Carnegie and it's pretty simple, but it's, he's quoted as saying, remember today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Okay. That's that really profound. Out. Okay. Today so is t- tomorrow. Yeah. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. So okay. for me, let me put it in context. 
yesterday I was worrying about tomorrow, which was today and the case I had to do. And then today came and it happened and we got the case done and we're moving on. So I think what he's trying to say is, you know, maybe we worry a little bit too much and uh, things usually work out and just kind of let let uh, let let things evolve as the day evolves. Now, I have another quote, too, real quick, because I like this from Einstein. And it's similar. Learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow. The important thing is to not stop questioning. And that's I think that's really important as well. That's a good one, too, because we're always questioning. And we're going to start questioning Jake pretty soon here. (laughs) (laughs) No, get ready for the firing squad. But it's really about asking the right questions. And that's um, how I, you know, as a, a journalist, and I ended up winning my Emmy Award for my line of questioning, because I always believe if you ask the right question, you get the right answer. And in advocating for patients, it, it, I carry that along because I think that my superpower is in asking the right questions. And I train the patients, I train, you know, people with PAD or peripheral artery disease, how to ask the right questions to get the right answers to make more informed decisions on their care. You know, it really empowers them, you know, to also become a better partner in their care along the way. Agreed 100%. And I think we should all do more question asking, more listening and less talking. So that's a great segue to... To Jane Barnes. Welcome. Thank you. Very <laughs> I know happy I've been watching you. You're just dying to jump in there. What did you think of those quotes? Do they resonate? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, you know, you, you you can't always worry about what's going to happen. You just got to go forth and do it. Um, I believe in moving quickly, failing quickly. That way you can make the adjustments that are needed. I think forward motion and progress are the, are the biggest things and most important in terms of advancing everything, every aspect of your life. So that locked in real, real well. And even with the journalism conversation, I believe that if you talk long enough with someone, the truth always comes out. So just keep asking and you'll get to the core and the devil in the details. I love that. You know, my coach always said, you know, um, you you need if everything always works out, then how would I feel about this situation? If everything always works out, then how would I act differently or react to this situation? Right. And it's just asking that question is even one of the most imp- important questions that you can have, you know, in life to keep you moving forward. Right. And along those same lines, as Jade, you had mentioned, if you ask enough questions, you'll get the right answer or to the truth. That's what I tell our residents when we're training them and medical students. Sit down, talk to the patient, ask questions, listen to the patient. They'll tell you what's wrong with them. I mean, we can order tests yeah. and labs and things. But at the end of the day, if you understand medicine and you listen to the patient, they'll they'll tell you what's wrong with them. And then that unlocks the key to you know treating them successfully. Completely agree. Well, coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we're going to get to the heart of Jade Barnes' big event along the lines of the African-American Wellness Association, a big walk this week and many more to come in 2024. So stay with us for all the details. 
Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about the African-American Wellness Association and their big walks that they have across the country. Their final one of the year is happening in L.A. this week. And the director of that walk we have with us, Jade Barnes. Jade, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Very happy to be here. So I want you to you know, get to the heart of what is the African-American Wellness Association and how did it start? I know that you aren't the founder, but what is it? And then how do you got involved? Sure thing. So the African-American Male Wellness Agency was headquartered and founded in 2004 by John and Pam Gregory. It was really a response as to research project that we did around Black men going to work. And what we uncovered was that health and wellness was one of the alarming things that came up when it came to employment and sustainability and self-sufficiency. So we implemented doing wellness checks in order to be funded in terms of getting your check each week for work participation. And with that, we uncovered that Black men were dying 12 years earlier than their white counterparts. And as a response to that, created this awareness campaign, which now resides in the 5K walk and run. The 5K walk and run is really the the push to break, uh, excuse me, the uh, kind of bait and carrot that leads people there. But our core goal is to provide free health screenings to our communities where you can get your core biometric screen, your height, weight, blood pressure, your glucose, HIV, STD. And now as a signature part, we have the pad and powered pad that comes out and makes sure that we have those aspects for screening as well. So really, really fantastic calls. I've been out in L.A. for the last nine years, and a buddy of mine called me up and said, hey, Jade, we're looking to be in the L.A. market. Would you be the guy to help us spearhead this and really get it up and running and duplicate what we're doing in 16 other cities? So I was like, absolutely. This is a time to get involved. Health matters. I'm getting older. You know, there's aches, creaks, pains and stuff that now I need to actually talk to somebody about. It's not lay down, get some, you know, ginger ale or some crackers 
It's like, we may need to go talk to somebody, do some blood work and really figure out what's going on. So with that, I've really been tasked with reaching out to several different community partners that can also be there in attendance to the event. We'll have about 72 different community partners this year where they're providing free information, resources that really can help the overall health and wellness for the entire Black community. So men, women, children, you name it, come out. There's resources for you. Um, and we continue to add on additional partners that can help us increase the life expectancy for Black people. Jade, go ahead. Thanks. So I'm going to ask you, um, just in your opinion, what do you think it is that has created, like, historically this chasm between African-American males and their white counterparts or non-African American males with respect to health. Um, I, I don't know if it's inequity or just lack of health care or what, what do you, I mean, like, do, do you guys have any idea like what you think the heart of that comes for where that comes from? Indeed. So it, it's all of that and it's multifaceted. So I don't know that there's a simple answer, but there's a variety of things that, you know, come up naturally as a man, from birth, we're usually taught to kind of shake it off, kind of work through it and ignore a lot of the aches and pains that we have when it's very, very feasible to go to, you know, a doctor and get some health care. The other part is the uh, economic aspect in terms of being able to afford health care and the availability or access to care within the communities that you live in. So when we think about and the representation that are there, um, I believe the last data I looked at, it was around like 86% are non-Black physicians that are in our communities. So when you go there, you don't necessarily have representation that looks like you, understands kind of like your family background, or even can communicate the technical terms or the medical terms. So it makes sense to you. I look at things like my chart and the documents and reports that come out. And I went to college, you know, I read fairly well, but it's confusing if you don't understand the jargon. So I think that's one component. The other one that I think goes unmentioned kind of too often is the historical context around distrust within the medical uh, field. Um, you know, with the whole Tuskegee experiment, experiment and other issues where we thought we were in the good faith and had trust where these things were going to help us. It turned out to be the exact opposite. So with that happening, you know, I'll just kind of figure it out. Or there's grandma's home remedies that we're working through, which may or may not all be bad. But being able to really connect and have a level of trust and relationship with our primary care provider, if we have a primary care provider, is certainly important. So communication, trust, access and availability, representation, education around the need to even get screened. Uh, one of the things that I found working on this, um, Dr. Phillips, is that, you know, as men, we'll know when we got the last tire rotation. We'll know the last time we got an oil change. We know which, when's the last time we had a car wash. But we have no clue what's going on inside of our bodies, what our blood pressure looks like, you know, what our glucose, what our sugar, uh, sugar levels are. You know, when we think about those, those are all, you know, leading indicators as to something that could happen down the line. And most of them are preventable. The data around the 12, uh, 12 years dying 
uh, earlier than our white counterparts are all around preventable diseases and illnesses. We're not talking about just in general. We're talking about stuff that if we know our numbers and have the education and access to resources are 100% preventable and treatable and manageable. So it's important with this campaign that we focus on those and normalizing going to the doctor, taking mental health, physical well, uh, wellness, all of those things very, very seriously and intentional about ourselves. And, you know, it's really interesting because there's so many genetic factors. We have legendary Harlem Globetrotter um, Shorty Coleman, who's involved with us. And I know he's he's on the line and listening. I'm not sure if he wants to to jump in here. But in my conversations with him, I mean, he's an athlete. He's been a professional athlete for years and years and years. And genetics caught up to him. His mom ended up with diabetes and amputation. And so next in line is is Larry. He ends up with an amputation. And it's almost like, well, you know what? I almost expect it. So you just don't push back against doctors. And you're like, well, there's nothing I can do anyway. So just let nature take its course. Do you find that to be an issue and, and the mentality? Yes, indeed. So we just kind of go with the flow and just kind of, you know, it happens. Uh, my granny had it, my dad had it, then I'm just going to get it. And that's not the case with awareness, education and access to people who go to school for a very long time. The doctor can attest, like there's a lot of education and research and work that happens, you know, residency where they are trained to be of assistance. And there is an intrinsic value and purpose within helping people and saving lives. And we've just got to work together and partner to overcome those, those disbeliefs that we have. I want to and ask you, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just curious about how do you develop trust because you know we've i i want I, I thought you were going to say trust is an issue because we that historically i think is what i think of when i hear about african americans and and their sometimes hesitancy to seek medical attention until it's you know the the kind of train has come off the tracks so how how do we foster trust i know this is something like this obviously is raising awareness uh, but I do. I, I'm curious, as a, as a white physician, who right. frankly I see very few African Americans as to where I where I'm at. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have a great trust with my patients. I think, but I don't know. I mean, I wonder sometimes. Do they not? Do they think there's something nefarious going on? So my <laughs> question is, like, you know, how how do you start to develop that trust? Is it truly a grassroots effort, like something like this, yeah. or is it bigger than that? I, I, I think. I think there's a two-pronged approach. So one, certainly these type of events help build that trust. Um, we're a grassroots organization. You know, we're knocking on doors. We're in the streets. We're having conversations with real people in real time. And we look alike. So that gives us an edge. Our goal uh, really in strategy has been to partner with physicians and organizations to, one, make sure we're in alignment in terms of what that looks like how care is administered, you know, whether these um, whether these social factors and communication are, are in place where you can actually help our community. And with that, we serve as that liaison that as an agency, we vet and screen and integrate with these primary care providers, insurance, uh, physicians, in order to say, hey, this is a good group of folks. Let them help you. Let's work through that. 
The other part, the second part to this is a much longer play and in which that we have to get more Black folks in the medical profession in general. So representation is there. Then internally, there's some communication that can happen about best practices and communicating, what to look for, some um, some kind of social norms that can establish that. But time is really going to be the only thing that really helps us break down that barrier of trust. And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we're going to talk more with Jade Barnes with the um, Wellness Walk in LA. He's going to give us some more details, so stay with us. Three years ago, my symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients, and we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our LegSaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your Life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. We are talking with Jade Barnes, and we also have legendary Harlem Globetrotter Larry Shorty Coleman, who's been listening in. Um, Larry, before the break, I had mentioned our conversation that you and I had about your experience and the frustration of being an athlete, a professional athlete yourself, and then genetics still clutching you. Would you mind sharing your feelings, your insight on the conversation? Yes, it's. Uh, I'm glad to be an African American or any other race, but when it starts to affect us health-wise, we need professional people. They need encouraging people like myself and and Kim and other doctors. We're not just out the box. It's not something we're just going to put a band-aid on. And my situation, my mom had diabetes. I didn't pay it no mind. Oh, is, is this going to run in the family? Yes, it did run in the family. So did PAD. But I wasn't educated on it. And I just took for granted, being an athlete, that I could overcome this. Boy, did I fool myself. I fixed for two years after 11 years of playing basketball. And I said, the professional, the money don't make a difference. Just having great health and not looking down and not see that ugly limb. That's the ultimate goal. And I found a way to be happy with the situation. Do you find, um, 
Larry, and I'm curious also from Jade's perspective, any misconceptions that are out there? Because I had a conversation with um, Charles Winters, who's a fellow PAD warrior, and he's going to be heading up our diversity, equity, and inclusion um, patient task force. And he had him look at this one brochure that I created, the one that has also your picture on it, um, Larry. And because I got feedback from another advocate and another clinician that it's too wordy, I need to speak to a fifth grade educated person, um, it's too much for people. And he said, absolutely not. He is tired of people underestimating the intelligence of the African-American community. What is your point of view on the educational resources out there? Well, I'm going to tell you from what I was told and how I was treated, it, some way they take for granted that we're not capable of getting an education or we're not smart enough. Anyone that God put on earth is smart enough to be anything they want to be just by believing. But from being African-American, I felt disrespected in the hospital to hear a guy see me in emergency and say, man, we got to get you ready for surgery. We're going to do amputation. I thought he was talking about an antenna. Hey, I was so nervous. But that never happened that way. And he, he, he almost was like slapping me in the face like, well, he only have Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid. We'll, we'll drain that and move on to the next person that's interest of African-American. Or, they don't care now, white, black, yellow, or blue. And I'm so glad uh, that you are in line, other doctors. Something has to be done there. If not, we'll be all walking around playing pogo stick. Yep. And, and Jade, what are your thoughts in, in hearing um, what Larry has to say about his experience? Is this something that you hear a lot? I definitely hear that. There, there's always a fear uh, of the financial component around, you know, what you can pay for and a fear of if I only have this level of insurance or level of coverage, then I'm going to get, you know, marginal care. And that that is a great concern when you think about health equity. And I, I think, you know, trying to make sure that they understand, people understand that there's programs and resources out there to help offset those costs, as well as support systems really help guide. When it comes to like printed material and marketing, I do think that everything when it comes out in the medical field or from the medical field should be almost at a third grade level. That way, anybody who picks it up has a very, very high likelihood of understanding what's happening to them, uh, what the options are, the pros, the cons, and are able to weigh those out. But there's also this third component where the physician really has the opportunity to educate the, the patient around the procedures, what's going on, what those options are, and, and really becoming a partner when it comes to making medical and health decisions for that individual. Yeah, I'll just start bringing it, it down, though, to a, a third grade level, or is it about just simply putting it in layman's terms versus medical terms? Well, I'll, let me I'll, just say this. Say this. We have to... Um, when, when we so when we create like a consent form, it, it, it is written in a fifth for a fifth grade reading level, uh, and and I think that's done for a number of reasons. Number one, we you hate you, you don't know where the patient is on the on the spectrum of their health 
education, their health, their, their knowledge of what's going on. And so if we throw in a bunch of big terms, that just leads to confusion. However, as Jade was saying, it's my job to, yes, we write it in a fifth grade reading level, but we can talk and speak the medical jargon to some degree, but you also have to be like a good physician can translate what I think, what I know needs to happen through my training to explaining it to a patient who has no idea. And I, I liken it to, you know, I don't know anything about cars, but I've got a mechanic that I trust. If he tells me there's something wrong with the catalytic converter, I take him at face value. I have no idea what he's talking about. I just <laughs> trust him. And that's what I try to instill with my patients. And I've said this a lot before too, you know, it's like shared decision-making is huge. And also I try to be the coach and I want the patient to be the quarterback. I want to give the patient a playbook with some options and I want them to kind of help execute the plays. And any physician who's worth his or her salt can explain to a patient in layman's terms, layperson's terms, what's going on and what, what needs to happen. Because I think, yes, a lot of it is, is within the African-American community, but, you know, it's, it's in the uh, Appalachia of Southeastern Ohio, too. I mean, the medical literacy is pretty much is very low in most areas in this country. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Yep. And, and doctor, I, I think that's a valid point. It's not just the African-American community that needs it as, in layman's terms. I think everyone does. Um, and not a, not only English is hard, just in general. When you look and study other languages, English itself is very, very confusing and doesn't take logical progression in many instances. So just being able to understand and digest the material is important, not necessarily what grade level it is, because we don't want that to be insulting or deterring for people. We just want them to make informed decisions and be able to rely on having a good coach and a physician, and then being able to quarterback your life and how you make healthcare decisions about yourself and for your family. And I know, Larry, you were you were trying to chime in, and I cut you off um, a little bit earlier. Yeah. Did you want to jump in? Yes. Uh, by the way, it affected almost five family members of mine, the youngest one being 42. He had both lower limbs. Uh, and he was so inspiring to me to say, Uncle, you're going to have a hard time getting used to this, but I know the fighter you are. And I said, well, you can believe that. And also, my uncle that's 79, he lost his, he's in North Carolina. My brother that's in Virginia, he lost his piggies, as we call it. And I told him, Get ready for the roller coaster ride. There's something else coming, sir. And I'm no genius or a genie. Believe it or not, uh, six months later, I had to cut half his foot. Now he's having problems with both legs. Anyway, is there anything I can pass on to my younger generation of how to overcome this? Well, I mean, I, I think what, what, Jade's doing is is that first step. No, no. Well, I guess pun intended. We have to raise awareness. We have to screen people. When I see somebody, the horse is out of the barn. When they have PAD, critical limb ischemia, that and Kim, we've talked about this. That diagnosis is worse than uh, most cancers, frankly, and it is like a cancer. We need to screen people early. We need to find susceptible populations and mitigate their risk of developing peripheral arterial disease, coronary artery disease, cerebrovascular disease. And it starts with 
screening for diabetes, monitoring blood pressure, um, you know, looking at cholesterol and exercise and changing your diet. And we'll have more with Dave Barnes and, of course, Larry Shorty Coleman coming up next right here on The Heart of Innovation. So stay with us. Hi, I'm Kim McNicholas, founder and CEO of patient advocacy organization, The Way to My Heart, with this week's Medical Notepad. I want to talk about starting your journey to improve your artery health by making better food choices. I had to help my dad, so I know how hard it can be to give up 78 years of old eating habits. The secret to success is making changes one step at a time. Eliminating or eating fewer of his favorite foods was a tough sell for a former Navy captain raised on big portions of meat, bread, pasta, rice, and oh yeah, lots and lots of sugar. The blood work we got for him certainly made it easier offering proof of what those foods were doing to his body, but still there was some resistance. Trying to get him to lower his carbs and limit his meat portions was, I think, the most challenging, but we managed to do it. Here's how we did it. We started by making a list of his favorite foods and meals, then looking for ways to incorporate healthier substitutions that wouldn't compromise taste. For example, with my mom's famous lamb stew, one of his favorites, we replaced the flour used to thicken the gravy with either xanthan gum powder or arrowroot powder, decreased the amount of meat and potatoes on his plate, increased the number of carrots, and served it over zucchini noodles. Zucchini noodles are versatile. They're also the conduit for enjoying his favorite homemade fettuccine Alfredo sauce with the recipe modified, of course. Instead of butter and heavy cream, we use raw cashews, unsweetened cashew milk, cashew cheese, and nutritional yeast, along with garlic, pepper, and sometimes fresh herbs and chalets. We actually heat all that up and then stick it in a blender until it's thick and creamy. To limit his red meat intake, dad had to make some compromises, however. If he wanted mom's lamb stew one week, then the lean bison burger had to go and we would use that another week. Instead of a burger, the same week in which he wanted mom's lamb stew, we found that a marinated portobello mushroom, either grilled or roasted, was delicious and satisfying on a cauliflower thin Instead of a flour bun, little by little, my dad was not only able to make healthier choices, but they turned out to be choices that have ultimately become permanent staples in his diet. His cardiologist recently confirmed his dietary changes have helped stall progression of plaque in his arteries. To learn more about improving your artery health, Go to StandAgainstAmputation.com. And for real-time support and advocacy, go to TheWayToMyHeart.org. Remember, the advice and views offered are for educational and informational purposes only. Always get explicit consent from your own healthcare team before using any information provided in this series. With this week's Medical Notepad, I'm Kim McNicholas. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. 
Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. We have Jake Barnes here. He has a very special event happening this week down in Los Angeles, but it's like similar events across the nation, um, and they've been happening all year long, um, really focusing on African-American men's health and getting men the testing that they need um, to help improve their prognosis. Jay, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Would you mind walking us through how the men walk through the different testing stations at your events? Yes, it would be my pleasure. So Saturday when you arrive, you're going to get greeted by a red carpet. We are in L.A., so we do it Hollywood style. You'll have a beautiful red carpet to come in. You'll stop in really, really quickly to uh, meet our volunteers that will help you get registered. And what that is, just put your name and your basic contact information on a quick form. From there, you'll be ushered over to our initial screening stations. We'll do a quick fingerprint to do our core biometrics, and you'll be able to work your way down the line in order to get all of your free screenings and resources, talking with nurses. And then once that's done, it shouldn't take more than five minutes or so, you'll be able to speak directly with a physician. Uh, We have several uh, organizations and the Association of Black Women Physicians will be there to then look at the numbers of your biometric numbers and tell you what's going on, which what the next step should be. Most of the time, it's just something simple. Hey, we need to watch our uh, sodium intake and watch our blood pressure, or we need to change our diet somewhat, increase exercise. And if need be, we do have physicians and community partners there that can help you with these resources. And that's how Kim and I got together. And many of our partners and sponsors will be there to read through that information with you and advise you as to next steps and what to do. In addition to that, we've brought on a partner called Pear Suite, which helps us with our wrap, wraparound services and really get connected with a community health worker that can then talk about some of your key social indicators. So if you need other resources that may be available on site, we can immediately get you in front of those resources so you can take advantage of it. If not, we may also say, hey, we need to follow with a primary care provider. And if you don't have one, we, we have the ability to get you connected with one the day of. If you don't have insurance, we can also get you taken care of the day of. We'll have uh, Covered California there. It's open enrollment. We have the chief medical officer, Monica Sony, who will be there and doing two rounds of presentations about open enrollment, healthcare, all these types of types of things. And she's a black woman. Very, very talented, very, very smart, and be able to talk to you. So it's a, per- a familiar face that can advise you of the next steps to improve your life, your, uh, your life expectancy and live a healthier, more fulfilled life for you and your family. So we try to create a dynamic event. When you arrive, there will be music bumping, there's entertainment, there's bounce houses for kids. Think about it like going to a family reunion, but we're going to get you a quick checkup if we have too much fun. I see that uh, you've got a football player uh, at the L.A. Ram. Uh, yes, so in Every city, uh, we enlist the help of celebrities and professional athletes to be what we call the honorary chair. And the honorary chair has agreed to be an ambassador, a spokesperson, to use their image, name, and likeness to spread the word about health awareness for black men and this cause. He's been uh, extremely philanthropic in his own works and has partnered with us to really evangelize what we're doing here in L.A. and be supportive. So it's always nice to have an NFL player who backs you, believes in what you're doing, really believes in the overall increase in the life expectancy for black people as a whole to just 
become very normal to get checked up and be good. I love that you've timed it perfectly with open enrollment and covering California being there because that's one of the biggest obstacles that we have when we're helping patients across the country is so many people don't have you know, the proper insurance to be able to get the care. And so they end up in the emergency room. And that's where we say, you know what, it is the, you know, the amputation lottery. Once you get there, whomever is on call is whatever option have for you, whether it's to open your arteries or simply their solution would be to cut the leg off. And that's really scary. So it, it's it's really good that, that the patients can actually go there and get insurance. So if they have a problem, they can get insurance that day at your event. I think that's brilliant. We try to leave no stone unturned. Like, we've done the heavy lifting for you. All you have to do is show up. Bring somebody, bring anybody. It doesn't matter. It's open to the public. We love you to uh, register before it, but you do not have to. Just show up. We're there for you. Have you faced from the African-American community? Have you faced any sort of resistance from some folks in the African-American community just showing up and getting tested? A little bit. We find the resistance actually comes when they're there. Um, But we have a a foolproof plan around that. So men will say, I just went to the doctor last week or I went last month. We don't care. Uh, My wife has uh, really enlisted my wife to get some help. But she has brought all her beautiful uh, lady friends out. All the church aunties will be out there. Those are the volunteers. Those will be the people who are ushering you from registration over to the screening group. It is incredibly challenging to tell pretty women and uh, church folks, no. So we are going to help you get over there. Like I said, the screening is non-invasive. It is really, really easy. Um, You'll have, you know, maybe a minute or two a little finger prick. It is extremely, extremely easy to do. And once you get that knocked out, you get a beautiful t-shirt that we have that says, hey, you got your stuff done with the Wellness Walk branding. We have partners who have done beautiful tote bags and we'll have towels and the t-shirts just came to my door uh, earlier today like right before we started so listen think about just having a good time being with friends and family we're going to listen to some good music we'll do some line dancing you'll get a quick checkup and then every resource that you need from mental health the financial wellness to home buying to um, to foot screenings and our PAD unit is there um, vaccinations and community organizations that just help with mentorship or fatherhood or growth they're going to be there uh, we've got the list they're signed up they're excited they're pumped if you check our social media at AA Wellness Walk LA on Instagram. You'll see all of our community partners. You'll see the information that's going out. And it's really, really important. We're all committed to it. There's seldomly a person I see as we tell what we're doing that are reluctant. But it's that day of the jitters. I don't know what it is, but like, hey, it's quick. A quick fingerprint, very, very thin vial of blood. You'll get a beautiful band-aid and it's done. Then we can just kind of walk down the list. We'll talk about these numbers and really figure out and make sure that you're in a great place to live long. So, Jade, how many people, you said this is in 17 cities, just estimate how many folks you think you've touched, number one. And number two, there has to be some people that have come back and said, hey, you guys saved my life. Like I was, I didn't know I was this bad. 
every year this happens. So I, I'd guesstimate probably about a hundred thousand uh, black men have been screened across the country uh, since we started this. And every year there's somebody say, "Hey, you guys saved my life because if I didn't know that my blood pressure was off the charts, like I could have had a heart attack. You were about to run a 5K and your blood blood pressure's through the roof. Like this is a terrible idea. And in each city, we find we have to call the bus for someone, unfortunately, but we're able to prevent it. And we, we find fathers and sons come out, which is fantastic. And it's just like you saved my dad's life. You know, his cholesterol's up, his arteries are going crazy, and we never knew. And if he didn't show up today, he could have died. And that's yeah. what really makes the difference. That's why we say we're saving black men's lives. We're giving people the opportunity to figure out those numbers, take preventative steps. By the time it gets to the good doc, it's too late. And we don't want you to be too late when we can clearly do this for free uh, for you, you know, this Saturday and in cities across the country. We're here to help. And once we do this, we want to normalize going to a primary care provider at least once a year. And if you have other things that are going on and things that we find out on these with these numbers, then you may need to speak to a specialist periodically throughout. But it's very, very important to take those proactive steps. That way, if you know better, you can do better. And we're here to educate and support and advise and love on you as much as we can. We're going to have our final thoughts. So stay with us. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. We are coming up to the top of the hour. We only have a few more minutes left with Jade. So, Jade, as we end the show... Where do our listeners get more information, not only about the walk in L.A., but walks across the country? Is there a website they can go to to find out when the, if there's a city close to them that they can participate in? Indeed. I want everyone to take a moment to go to aawellness.org. That's going to give you our parent company or really our overarching company with all of our initiatives, our programming from the fatherhood to the financial wellness to uh, our health and wellness and mental wellness with Real Men Real Talk. You'll be able to get all of that information. And also it's aggregated by city. So pick a city next to you, one of the 16. Uh, Hopefully we're close to you and you'll be able to engage and see the upcoming events and programming that we have going on. So again, that's aawellness.org and that'll give you all the information. You'll be able to find me, my contacts right on there when you click LA. If you have questions or needs, I'm your guy. I can help out and very, very help. Very, very happy to support you. So beyond this particular event, this is the final one of the year. What do you expect to unfold in 2024? If you could have every wish come true in 2024, how do you see these events evolving? Yes, growth is the number one thing. So 2024 will be dynamic. I know there's some things that I can't release yet because we haven't made public, but we've got some major superstars that are coming on board around our mental health uh, partnerships. Every year that we do this, we grow more and more corporate sponsorships and partners that help us carry out our mission to increase the life expectancy for black people. So I'm very, very, very optimistic for 2024. Larger events, larger resources, 
resources, increased velocity, more consistency with our programming um, because we have such great support from our uh, sponsors and community partners. So bigger and better. And if you want us to be in a city near you, reach out to us. It is a little work, but as long as you, you, you're willing to put in some effort, we can spin it up and come to your city depending on the area. That's a really important point because um, if anyone wants to hold an event like this in their area, there is the opportunity to, to do this through this organization. You have proven events and all they have to do is literally replicate it in another city. Easier said than done, but it is possible. And you have the support, right? Absolutely. We're here for you. Jade, you going to come uh, come to Columbus next year? Oh, yeah. I, I missed it this year. I, I don't know what I was doing this year where I couldn't make it out. But I've been there. I lived in Columbus for 12 years and spent many a day out there. I was one of the vendors, uh, many, many of those walks. And then I, I just left Columbus. Uh, what was the last week? So I'll be back in December and we'll have a national coordinators meeting with every city and every planner, just like myself. And we're planning for 2024, what that looks like, all the bells and whistles. I can let you know that it will be the name is going to change. So it'll be African-American Wellness Day where we can be all inclusive of men, women and children. Although we do that, actually, now we're going to be very uh, intentional about making it be more inclusive with the name and title itself so i can't release that now i love that and um i i think that if you do just as an incentive to go back to columbus i i think that maybe dr john over there might invite you into his cath lab to watch a couple procedures i'll be there i I, you let me know when that one is in columbus i'll be there all right don't tip me with a good time (laughs) thank you for all you do jade have a great weekend everyone thanks so much take care care. you've been listening to the heart of innovation with emmy award-winning journalist kim mcnicholas and interventional cardiologist dr john phillips our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education real-time support and high-touch advocacy in partnership with the way to myheart.org and abbott our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually for more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program go to theheartofinnovation.org that's theheartofinnovation.org The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.